The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The horses are at the gate. And they're off! Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. And thanks for listening to another edition of Winning Ponies. Hope to have another great show for you. Got two good guests, one familiar, one not so familiar. The familiar name, well, that would be... Horstradamus himself, Ed Meyer. Uh, Ed will be handicapping with us. As you know, he's also uh, one of the biggest bloggers here on Winning Ponies. I hope you take the time to go and read some of his stories. Uh, he puts a lot of great, his great personality into his writing. Uh, I think you'll enjoy uh, uh, reading Ed's stories and getting his insights uh, into his view of racing. That's always an interesting one. Uh, then we're going to talk to a board member of the Horseman's Benevolent Protection Agency in Ohio, the HBPA, and his name is Kim Williams. Uh, Kim, since 1984, has operated alongside his wife, Lori Williams, the most successful uh, uh, breeding station in the state, and that would be Fairwinds Farm. And uh, we're going to read, uh, talk to him about what's going on in Ohio and to uh, talk to him about... Uh, acquisition of a nice stallion he got uh, just this week and obviously a lot of money coming into Ohio will be interesting to hear about it from a uh, from a uh, farm owners and leading breeders perspective so uh, that will be Kim Williams and that will be uh, in about 15 minutes right now I've been sitting here uh, hitting the reset button trying to get uh, charts from Santa Anita and they finally came in now Excuse me if I ruin the name, but Eblu Sante, uh, Zenyatta's half-sister, did finally make her second start. I mean, you may recall about a week or so ago she was getting ready to go to post, and she, she hit her hip on uh, the receiving barn and it cut it open, and they could not let her go to post. Well, nonetheless, it uh, looks like uh, they've got a nice horse on her hand. She's trained by John Sheriff, a very... Uh, very uh, familiar, obviously, with Zenyatta's ways. And uh, let me tell you, this uh, filly runs a lot like her. She came from a fourth, dropped back to fifth. She was off a bit slow. Corey Nakatani was aboard for the second time. And uh, then all of a sudden she started putting him down and picking him up, according to the daily racing form. Uh, moved up three deep on the second turn and into the stretch. Bid three wide to gain the lead in mid-stretch and inched clear in the final 16th under some urging. So, John Sheriffs, does he have another Zenyatta on his hands? We'll find out right now. This filly is two for two. All right, let's take a look at uh, some of the uh, news of the week. Uh, We told you that you were going to be able to vote for the NTRA Moment of the Year. Hopefully you did. The award will be given out at Saturday's Eclipse Awards at Gulfstream Park. And the winner was 
Painter, that's right. Uh, Painter got the top votes uh, for overcoming the deadly battles with laminitis and colitis, and the fact that he's back in training with Bob Baffert right now is just a very much of a feel-good story. So uh, he's back in training with Painter, uh, with Baffert rather, and uh, hopefully he'll have another good season. Speaking of another, I'll have another. Ran second and third in the voting for the NTRA moment of the year. His uh, running down Bodie Meister to win the Preakness by a neck was second in the balloting, while the upset from post-19 in the Kentucky Derby with relatively unknown jockey Mario Gutierrez took the third spot. So I hope you had a chance to get in on the voting. Uh, while we're on the subject of awards, one dashing eagle was named Quarter Horse World Champion. He won three seven-figure futurities in California and New Mexico and set a single-season earnings record of over $2 million. So he is named the world champion American quarter horse. That happened uh, in Oklahoma City on Wednesday evening. Now for some news that uh, to to many uh, won't be good news. Uh, to some, they may be celebrating. It all depends. Different people have uh, different views of uh, Dick Dutrow Jr., and it uh, looks like his appeal has been turned down. And starting today, he began serving his 10-year suspension of his trainer's license, uh, even though he says he's still going to uh, going to keep fighting. Uh, but uh, right now, you might recall uh, Dutrow, he's 53, kind of outspoken, uh, an interesting character to interview, I can tell you that. Um, but he did have a checkered career with multiple rules and fractions, uh, but he had some nice stakes victories and some nice horses. Just to remind you, in 2005, he won the Breeders' Cup Classic with St. Liam, who went on to become voted Horse of the Year. And in 2008, he won a little race called the Kentucky Derby and the Preakness with Big Brown. Now, obviously, he has a very large barn. Where are the horses going to go? Well, right now... Uh, they're going to go different places. West Ward took over training of approximately 42 horses. Uh, six other horses owned by uh, Paul Pompa Jr. were moved to different trainers, including that stakes winner, uh, this one's Phil, and reaching out. Uh, they were entered but scratched out of Thursday's eighth race. They went to Rudy Rodriguez, who's only stabled four barns away from Dutrow. In South Florida, Michelle Nevin, who's a former assistant and girlfriend of Dutrow's, uh, took her trainer's test and passed it. It looks like she's going to get 20 stalls at Gulfstream Park. One of the horses is Teeks North, who will be one of the horses entered in Saturday's Sunshine Millions at Gulfstream Park. So uh, that's some of the update. And uh, Dutro can't uh, participate in any arrangements to make care for, train, enter, race, invoice, collect fees, any payments. Uh, he pretty much is, is cut out of the business. And uh, Wes Ward, who's known Dutro for nearly 30 years, uh, kind of shaking his head. He's, he's taking the horses, but uh, he got his start from Dutro's father when he was the leading apprentice in the United States. So we won't have Dick Dutro to kick, kick around anymore. Other uh, news of the nation, the Eclipse Awards are sold out which is great news. It means that there's a lot of interest uh, going on in our Eclipse Awards. Uh, but you can still get uh, up close and personal. There are certain award events that will allow you to uh, meet the Eclipse Award winners, uh, including a, uh, uh, a card game and a golf charity golf tournament. So uh, you can get up close and personal with the winners 
of the Eclipse Awards down there in Florida. Uh, for those of you uh, that uh, want to look into the past, it's been announced that Brisknet is going to publish the American Produce Records online. Now, uh, Ed DeRosa, who's been on Winning Ponies, uh, tells us that uh, you can, until the 31st of this month, get on for free. You just require a free Brisknet.com membership, so uh, you'll be able to sample it. Uh, this would be planning a mating, playing the races. Uh, you can get a horse's uh, full PPs, all of its sales records, all of its produce records. So if you had a favorite horse that you wondered what happened to, uh, that's one way you can find out. All right, one of our favorite jockeys is uh, going to be uh, starting a tour a little bit, Gary Stevens. He's not just uh, keeping a show in California. Uh, he is going to be riding at Keeneland and Churchill Downs. Very interesting to announce that. Of course, HRTV uh, covers a lot of the racing there. And he says, you know, I always go back to Kentucky right after Santa Anita Derby anyhow, so, uh, you know, there's no reason why I shouldn't be able to accept some mounts uh, while I'm in town. Uh, he, he is saying very uh, uh, definite that he doesn't think he's going to land a, a, a derby prep. He says uh, they'll be televising him, and he's giving a lot of flexibility uh, he says he'd look forward to riding it in on a number of preps, but uh, a horse would have to be one to nine for him to ride it in the Kentucky Derby. Other jockey news, uh, sad to say, jockey Rajiv Mara is going to have to miss another six weeks. That fracture on his back turned out to be worse than they thought. He suffered a slight fracture of the T3 vertebrae. They thought he'd be back. Now, if he does get back on this timeline, it will most likely put him able to be in the saddle to ride uh, Groupie Doll when she makes her seasonal debut in uh, March or April. Other jockey news that turned out okay, uh, Rafael Bayarano and Mario Gutierrez uh, both went down in spills on Saturday at Santa Anita, but uh, obviously uh, both of them uh, were fine because they came back, and Gutierrez won the first race on the card on Sunday, and Jackie Rafael Bejarano came back to win, I believe it was the San Gabriel Stakes on Geronimo. So we know that he's doing okay. So uh, ha happy for those guys that they're back in the saddle. Earlier in the day, Iggy P Puglisi was taken to the hospital. I have not seen that he's been back on mounts just yet. Uh, well, we were hoping to get the meet off in Oaklawn, but it seems like they always run into some bad weather this time of year. And... Heavy rains washed out the Saturday and Sunday uh, live cards. Uh, there was one, it almost looked like a sinkhole at the seven and a half furlong pole. So they had to dry that out. Obviously, they're going to be back up and, and running soon. And the uh, the stakes that were scheduled uh, will be brought back next Sunday, January 20th. In uh, breeding news, it looks like a grade one winner balance, a half-sister to Zenyatta, is going to be making the, the, the trip over to Europe to breed to Frankel. And I think I also saw where uh, in lingerie was going to be going over there. Now, I, I know that uh, uh, Balance, who's you know, the half-sister of Zenyatta, is already over there. I'm not sure about uh, in lingerie. 
I got a phone call pending from my friend Marty Grunder, who's part of the partnership. But it'll be very interesting to see uh, these top, top uh, mares uh, going to a horse that some are saying is the best that Europe's ever seen. As a matter of fact, a racing board over there just adjusted some weights to say that he was the best that uh, they have ever seen over in Europe. Well, uh, the state of Ohio reported a jump in registered brood mares, uh, 53%. And uh, we're going to be talking to, to uh, Kim Williams a little bit later, and we're going to address this, but that's certainly good news for uh, the racing in Ohio. I don't know if you recall last week we talked about uh, the graded stakes winner Joe Ha was going to go through the Keeneland January Horses of All Ages sale, but uh, he developed a minor injury, was taken out of the sale, uh, and he's uh, kind of convalescing at the Bluegrass Equine Center. They didn't think it would be right to put him through the sale with a minor injury, so he's going to remain in training. Uh, last year, you may recall, he was the front-running winner of the Dixieana Breeders Futurity, and he also won the Collins Stakes at the Poly Track at Woodbine. Uh, good news, more comeback news. Animal Kingdom is working bullets. Uh, he worked uh, the, the fastest, 102.08 on the turf, and it was just a breeze. Galloped out in 114. Of course, uh, the champion three-year-old male of 2011 is looking at the Gulfstream Park turf handicap or uh, for his comeback. What a great finish, as you recall, in the Breeders' Cup Mile to Horse that may well be crowned Horse of the Year, Wise Dan. If you're looking to get an early derby bet in, well, here are the early odds. Uh, right now at 12 to 1, it's Violence. 15 to 1, Uncaptured. 18 to 1, Shanghai Bobby. 18 to 1, Golden Sense. 22 to 1, Frack Daddy. And Normandy and Flashback, both at 25 to 1. So if you're out in Vegas, you can get some early action coming on. Let's take a look. Uh, my good friend Jay Pridman was kind enough to come on the show with us last week and giving us his West Coast insights. And we went to uh, the first derby, even though no derby points were assigned. Uh, chances are you might see Z-Watt trying to get on the derby trail. Z-Watt was taken out at the start when Wildcat Moon, breaking just to the outside of him, came over. So uh, Russell Bays, no panic there. He uh, just kind of took the horse back and put him in fourth and just put on a very nice show, stalking the pace all the way around. And one like a good thing, that's a Jerry Hollendorfer trainee. So was able to stretch out the longest race of his career. And uh, Hollendorfer added blinkers a race ago. He's now two for two in stakes. Wildcat Moon, the horse that bothered him at 13 to 1, held on for second. Tree of Life was third. And then we moved on to the grade two San Fernando at Santa Anita at a mile and a 16th. The winner was FedBiz. He went wire to wire, but it was one heck of a run down to the wire with Trip Tap. Those two just going ding-dong daddy all the way down, but Mike Smith got the job done with FedBiz. Again, Trip Trap running second. Guilt Trip was third. And the final race we looked at took place on Sunday, the San Gabriel, a grade two race at a mile and an eighth. And the winner here was Geronimo. That's right. With Rafael Bayerano came from last to first 
we were looking at this horse. It was my selection. And like I said, it was not only was a horse for course, but when you looked at the horses in this field, Geronimo was the only horse to win at a mile and an eighth. They say you can measure every horse's best distance with a yardstick. All right, when we come back, we're going to find out about a uh, top grade one Kentucky stallion uh, moving into Ohio where money's moving in to, due to video lottery terminals. We're going to be talking to Kim Williams of Fairwinds Farm. Hold on, you are on Winning Ponies. Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter, formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. Get ready for unpredictable fun and sometimes a sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk the Voice America Sports Network. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left. to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and with me right now is Kim Williams of Fairwinds farm in quaint little waynesville ohio and uh they have operated uh fairwinds farm since 1982 kim works alongside his wife Lori williams i've seen them live and in person they do a great job a working man's hero is something to be their uh, farm fairwinds farm was recognized by the thoroughbred owners and breeders uh with the state breeders award back in 2009 fairwinds is also the home to mercer mill who's been the state's leading stallion for eight years. Uh, Kim is also on the board member of the Ohio HBPA. So with me right now, I'll introduce Kim Williams. Kim, how are you? I'm good, John. How are you doing? 
I'm doing just fine. You know, I'm kind of excited looking down the road here in Ohio. Um, I, I, I've seen it at its height. I've seen it go down. I've seen it as a as an owner and a breeder and, and a publicist and a fan. And, and I'm really hoping what happens in the days ahead uh, are going to be a, a great infusion of energy into the state program. It's getting pretty exciting, John. Well, Kim, here's one thing. I, you know, as, as I told the listeners, uh, you are you, you don't sit there in, in your house and kind of tell the farm help what to do. Uh, you're out there amongst them uh, doing it. You're very hands-on. I'd like you to describe for our listeners uh, the actual like life cycle of a farm. And, and let's start now in January. Uh, it seems like every time I'm going up on uh, the Internet now, I'm seeing, you know, so-and-so had their first fall, so-and-so had their first fall. Uh, so right about now, if you just kind of take us through, through you know, kind of a, a quarterly look at, at the life of a, of a farm. Now, I mean, right now, are you just got your eyes out? You're not getting a whole lot of sleep because mares no, are we're actually babies? we four mares right now, John. We've got cameras in our barn. So we can actually watch them from the house. But what a lot of people don't know about the thoroughbred industry, all horses are automatically a year old when they're born in January. So if a horse is born in May or in January, they're still a year old when January rolls around. So everybody attempts to have their foals in January. So you actually they have an 11-month cycle gestation period. So you try to breed your mares starting in February and have your babies in January and February. So it's a lot of work in the wintertime. Now, February's just got to be an amazing month for you. I know you, well, since you started the farm, uh, you, you go back to the legendary Honey Jay. Uh, you, you stand stallions there. So, so you've not only got mares foaling, but you've got people coming into your barn to be bred. How busy is February? Pretty busy. We opened this breeding shed in February the 4th, so it gets pretty busy. Now, now, as you said, um, you don't... Another thing people don't know either, John, is thoroughbreds have to have a live cover, which means you physically have to breed the mare. Standard right. breeds, they don't do that. No. So then you will breed up until what point? Because you don't want to have, uh, you know, a, uh, a, a sophomore in high school playing against a college kid when it comes to the Kentucky Derby. We usually try to wind things down in about the middle of June. All right, then. Th- th- then, what time is it? Is this the, uh, around the period? What at what point do you start to wean the babies away from the mother? Really, we start. To, it depends on the size of the foal and how you know well they're developing. And usually, starts around between four and six months. We start weaning the, the foals off the babies, and that's another project. And can you explain how that works? Sure, we do it a little bit differently than some people. Some people take. An individual full, these mares will all run in bands, so there'll be 10 or 15 mares in a field. A lot of people like to take the foals just out of the field and leave the mares there. We do it a little bit different. We, we foal in groups, and we try to size them by, we try to wean them by size and sex. And we might wean three or four at a time. And we just physically take them away and then take the mares down to, to another farm down the street. Now, as it's just as, cold as, turkey, John. <laughs> as summer progresses and, and and you start to get into September, about what time is it? I know you like to send uh, some of the horses you're keeping and, and not selling uh, down to Aiken to be broken. At what yep. point do they leave Fair Winds to to go down south? We south? start taking the year the babies that we've weaned or the, or the yearlings, and we start prepping those, handling them more. We like to let them be horse as much as they can, but. 
we'll start bringing them in and handle them every day and groom them and give them a little exercise and we work them in the round pit. we got a round pit here. It's 50 feet in diameter. We, my, we, we refer to it as they go to school. <laughs> and then it's just like we're, we're pretending we're going to sell them all. And then we'll sort out the ones that uh, we break them to get in the trailer and do things like that and break them where they'll tie and get baths. And, and then the ones that get all when they go to the sales, they just ship them to the sales and, and we'll send the other ones down to Aiken. Well, you've done an outstanding uh, job over the years, that's for sure. I know uh, <clears throat> some of the, many of the horses that have grown up on your farm have gone on to become uh, uh, state champions. Now, uh, got some breaking news here this week. You know, as, as we've talked about on this show, um, it looks like Ohio is going to go the, the way of the video lottery terminals. Uh, we're going to have three land-based uh, casinos. Monies are earmarked specifically so that the thoroughbred and harness industries aren't hurt, which means hopefully this infusion of money is going to bring an infusion of uh, owners and breeders into the state. And uh, the news I got this week is that uh, the, the grade one bluegrass Kentucky Jockey Club Iroquois Stakes, second in the Travers winner, Cliff's Edge is going to be uh, taking up residence at Fairwinds Farm. That's got to be pretty exciting. It's very, he's taking up residence. He's down here, and it's extremely exciting, John. He's a really, really nice horse, and we're just thrilled to have him. Huge opportunity for us. Well, for you and for the Ohio breeders, uh, earlier in the show, I didn't want to read uh, the, the whole article verbatim, but there was a good article uh, in, in the Blood Horse that uh, was talking about uh, the broodmare uh, population was up something like 50%. And now, let's face it, it was down pretty low. Oh, but nonetheless, that, that's got to be good news for you, a farm owner, and really good news for everybody in the state that's involved. Yeah, it's great news. We've had over 200 mares last year. It's it's very good news. Um, what kind of uh, you, you're you've always been very active in the Ohio Thoroughbred Breeders and Owners, and I know now you're on the board of the of the HBPA. With everything that's going on, what are the major challenges you see for these organizations and the owners, breeders, and horsemen in the state? Boy, there's a dozen answers to that question. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're on the board. I, I mean, I thing, I face it, there's going to be a lot of challenges. I mean, have, if these uh, changes it. take place, it, uh, you know, w w what, what are some of the biggest ones you, you see facing? I think the challenge that we will have is being able to have the organization that can manage the influx of horses that are going to be coming here. That's one of my primary concerns. But I think... As time goes on, you know, everything's cured by money, and we've got a great state racing commission. It's very well organized. It's just It's just simply underfunded. And I think, you know, back in the day we had 1,200, 1,300 mares in this state, and it got down as low as a couple hundred. Um, I think it's going to be a challenge to just monitor the influx of horses that are going to be coming in. Well, it may be a challenge, but I, I look at it as a plus. Now, oh, it's a good thing. <laughs> yeah. Now, since you, you're very close to the situation, uh, do you see an increase in perhaps uh, people that breed in the state that they're going to get a little bit more of a broodmare award or stallion award? Is the state already looking at that? They're already in discussions about those very things. They're actually they've already raised the breeder the stallion award back and the breed and the broodmare award back up. So that's already in the works. 
One thing that Ohio has is that a lot of other states don't have. We've had a restricted program for 57 years, and it's a very nice program. So there's already provisions built into the state revised code on how these monies flow back out to the horsemen. We just simply didn't have the money to flow out. We got what's referred to as an accredited program, and that's one of the reasons why we like to stay in the stallions. And an accredited horse is guaranteed 25% of all purses that are um, paid out on horse races and stakes races. So that's an extra plus for an accredited bred horse. Well, you know, I, I, I've watched the, the state of Ohio very closely, and I know that uh, several farms that, that were uh, big and at the time profitable, successful farms have, have shuttered their gates. I mean, what this could do for the economy in horse racing uh, could be just an extreme plus uh, statewide. Well, it's going to be huge for the agricultural industry in this state, too. I mean, uh, you know, back in the day when we were really – raising a lot of horses it wasn't anything for us to raise 30 35 foals every year you know it got down to as low as 10 and 15 so i buy less feed we buy less hay had to let some of the help go so it's going to be really really good for the agricultural industry in this state yeah i think that's what people don't understand because i get that question it's like well why should vlts just be at horse tracks and i guess the point i try to make is hey you can't bring in one industry that's going to kill another particularly when the two of them can work side by side and actually enhance one another absolutely and well, we've, uh, i've been trying to tell people that race you know, racing is you, you take that pebble and you drop it from 10 feet up into the pond and you just watch how many people it impacts from from the veterinarians to the tack makers to the farriers to like you said perhaps guys that you've had to lay off that you'll be able to rehire when the when the need comes about and and I think that's what people have to know and that's why you know it's we racing doesn't have a monopoly on on uh alternative gaming what what it has is a partnership with it yes and, uh, you know, that, 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 that's something I've always been very adamant about when they say, well, why shouldn't we just have slots at the Shell station down the street? You know, it's like because we can't put racing out of business, it affects too many people. And when you start talking about economic impact, you're also talking about an unbelievably huge tax base from, from the feed man to the farrier. Yeah, a lot of people don't realize how many people. I mean, there was close to 15,000 people that are directly related to the horse industry in this state. It's a lot of people. It'd be like losing General Motors or something. Oh, absolutely, it would. Well, uh, listen, Kim. Thanks, thanks for your, your your overview on what's going on in the state of Ohio. Um, I'm glad we've got a guy like you involved in both uh, the HBPA and, and the OTBO. And I'm really glad to see that uh, a horse that has uh, uh, such quality and credentials as the Cliff's Edge is going to be standing in the state. One last question. Sure. Has your phone been ringing off the hook with maybe other stallion offers? It has been. (laughs) Yes, sir. How how tempting is it? (laughs) It's pretty tempting. (laughs) Well, all I can say, Kim, it's a great situation to be in. Thanks a lot, John. Thanks for your help, too. 
No problem. We've been talking with uh, Kim Williams from Fairwinds Farm, one of the most successful uh, breeders and farm owners in the state of Ohio. Very active, again, as I said, with the HBPA and the Ohio Thoroughbred Breeders and Owners. He's a good man to have up there making some of the big decisions that are going to impact racing in in a state where you're going to see a big change. There's no doubt about it. We've seen it happen in Pennsylvania, Indiana, New York, and it uh, looks like it's finally coming to Ohio. Well, finally coming to Winning Ponies, a man I always love having on these airways, the man I admire, Ed Meyer. He's coming up, and we're going to be capping some races on Winning Ponies. <laughs> Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Every Wednesday, you'll want to talk sports with touchdown Tony Collins and his co-host Bill Mattis. Tony's broken records and has been to the Pro Bowl and the Super Bowl. We'll talk about what's happening in sports every week with news, action, and notable guests from all aspects of the sports world. We'll also involve you by discussing questions and topics of interest sent in via email from listeners all over the world. Become what you believe. Tune in to Sports Talk with Touchdown Tony Collins, Wednesdays at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Sports. And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form, the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let winningponies.com make some money for you. Your internet flagship station for sports. Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and back with me, one of our Winning Pony staffers, and that would be Ed Meyer. If you go up to the site and you click on the blog post, uh, you'll get to see some of Ed's writings, which I always find uh, very, very entertaining for uh, for just one description of Ed's writing. Uh, as you know, Ed was the former host of Winning Ponies. Uh, you'll see him at uh, handicapping contests, and uh, if you live somewhere in uh, the Kentucky area, you'll see him at a racetrack near you when he gets the chance. Steady Eddie Meyer, how you doing? John, it's great to be on Talking Ponies with you. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, I, I was sitting here, I said at the head of the show, I just kept hitting the refresh button because the charts weren't coming down from Santa Anita, but uh, Eblu Sante, if that's the name, uh, Zenyatta's half-sister uh, uh, won at, at Santa Anita, and uh, I, I just saw one of the tweets uh, over on the side, and when the betting opened, there was 28,705 in the pool, 27,000 of that was a show bet 
on ebullescent. <laughs> the bridge was full, and I believe uh, Mr. Sadler has himself a, a real dagger there. And uh, I believe you have it. I'll tell you what, I would have lost the quarter bet. Ebullescente, I'm guessing, but John, close enough. But uh, I'm just going to call her just a pure beast. Yeah, I mean, and she made her first start almost like five years to the day when Zenyatta did, and it looks like she, she's got a very similar running style. Uh, so this is going to be uh, really exciting to see what opens up. She's already, you know, she's broken her maiden. Now she's won the non-winners of two optional claiming. Yeah, she might be in for a claimer. Um, and uh, so I, I'm hoping that Sheriff finds some stakes company for her next time out. I don't think he's going to look too hard. Uh, there might be some looking to, to duck her a bit. Uh, I'm kind of interested. He's uh, he's kind of a cool cat, and he makes racing a whole lot of fun. Hey, before we go any further, I want to give you double kudos. As I was tuned in, and I mean, I know every listener out there from novice to professional had to enjoy listening to Kim. Yeah, Kim Williams, uh, like I said, uh, I, I don't know if people know his brother, Jeff Williams was the, the trainer that uh, that died in a tragic accident uh, by Keeneland. Uh, now I think it was about seven years ago. And the whole family is just a class act. And uh, he, he is just a hardworking guy. I mean, while he may have the best breeding farm in Ohio, if you go out there and it's time to breed, guess who's got the shank at the end of Mercer Mill getting ready to hop a mare? That's Kim. <laughs> You know I'll I mean? tell you what, I really enjoyed it, and he just painted the entire picture from gestation to uh, to, to actually vanning them off and uh, you know breaking them away, and uh, he kind of ducked out when uh, when the uh, when the cost of business because it can be quite lucrative uh, when you're uh, when you're in that end of the ring. Well, you know, all I know is I'm really happy that it looks like there's going to be money coming back in the state for guys like uh, like uh, Kim and, and Lori. Because they're such hard-working people, and really, like, like we we stated, I mean, it employs so many different people. And you know, racing's dirty little secret is this, in my opinion, is that our sport employs more of the unemployable than any other industry. You've been on the backstretch. You've been on farms. You know, mm-hmm. you don't need I, a high school I agree. degree. And when people just say, well, there's there's only a handful of people actually working at the track. Oh, no, 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 no. It's actually having guests on like that that, that paint the fuller picture uh, from the from the uh, from the breeding to the to the owners to to the trainers to the so many wonderful people that are involved in racing. As I've always said, uh, racing is a world within a world. Hey, I wouldn't leave it for dollars or donuts. Well, and and the thing is to to work in racing you, you don't need even a high school degree but if you've got a strong back a willingness to work and you're able to get up when your alarm clock rings you got a job in racing hey speaking about this this goes out kudos it's it's kind of a double kudo to your girl Jenny Reese and she covered the story here it goes for Rick Patino and Dale Romans and it's about training Siva now, Patino owns uh, the, the runner Siva, named for his guard, Peyton Siva, who made his debut last week on, on the 10th. Not a very good one, I recall. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm just going to say maybe they were just taking uh, taking their time with uh, I think Dale Rowland had to do a couple extra laps in the uh, gym the next day. But you talk about a couple extra laps, Dale picks up the horse. Patino said he'd only give it to him if he lost 50 pounds. Dale does it. I loved it. Yes. Yes, that was great. 
All you had to do, John, was give me a horse all those years and see what I could have done. <laughs> we would have I kept it was you on, on the road to hell. Well, uh, <laughs> Saturday evening, the uh, the Eclipse Awards down at Gulfstream, the, the awards banquet itself is sold out, which I think is pretty cool. Uh, it tells me there might be a few races that uh, – Categories that are going to be kind of tight. Um, I won't put you in every category, but uh, who kind of stands out, or who do you think uh, is is a slam dunk, and how close do you think it is going to be for Horse of the Year? Oh wow, I, it is so tough. But for me, John, it's it's all Wise Dan, and and it's it's I don't know if slam dunk actually puts it in there, but Wise Dan has run on everything but broken glass. Uh, you know, has run. Uh, the race, the race at Keeneland, the Ben Ally, was the fastest time in the 82-year-old history of the Ben Ally, not just on the poly, but on the race itself. I mean, of 146 and 3, it was incredible. Why stand, you know, scorched him at Keeneland. Actually, I was on hand to see it. Johnny V was in the saddle. Run on turf. Run... I'm just I'm just a Wise Dan fan, and Charlie Lepresti, I am so pleased to see to have a runner in such a, a great horseman's barn. Yeah, absolutely. And to be honest with you, he'd be getting my vote. Now, I think the slam dunks along the way, though, will be Shanghai Bobby, uh, Royal Delta, and Groupie Doll. Uh, I can I can agree with Shanghai Bobby, but violence as of, as of late's coming on. Groupie doll, love yeah, it. Yeah, but Ed, if you look at his body of work, now he he may beat Shanghai Bobby head to head, but you you know these guys are voting on your body of work, and that's why I think Shanghai Bobby's going to get it. Uh, you know, you, you are right, and I, I guess uh, what's happening now is what was happening in 2012. Agreed to that note, and I believe Rosie was in the, the Red Hot Rosie was in the Irons that day. I can, I can agree with that one all the way around. And, you know, one that, one that actually uh, was, was on my mind was the older female uh, was Royal Delta. I was so impressed with her, especially in Breeders' Cup uh, day one. Yeah, you just had to throw out that early race where she kind of stepped on her own foot. And I almost think it was a tightener for her debacle in Dubai. But after that, when she came back, she was unbeatable. You know, I wanted to ask your opinion. Little Mike is taking a whole lot of uh, a whole lot of the voting. Uh, what, 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 are you, what are your feelings on Little Mike? And that, uh, that's a Roman's trainee. Well, I love him, and the reason I love him is he's a blue collar story. This horse Ed is by a thirty five hundred dollar stud in Indiana, and he goes on to win, uh, I believe, Woodbine's biggest grass race, the Arlington Million the Breeders' Cup, and uh, he just chugs along, and it's like he's under the radar. I mean, you say, who's, the, who's, who's little, little Mike? It's like nobody knows who he is. I, I think he could win uh, you know, a grass award and uh, possibly uh, he's still in the mix for uh, other two categories. I think he can also win the Salmon Award because when uh, Ramon Dominguez put him to sleep in the Arlington Million, that was one of the most impressive rides that I've seen in a long time. Dominguez is incredible. Dale yeah. Romans is incredible. But that was quite a feat in the Arlington Million. And I, and I think he encapsulated that with the Woodbine uh, victory, uh, the, Sha uh, the Sunshine Millions turf at Gulfstream, the Turf Classic Churchill, the Breeders' Cup. But little Mike's tougher than Nickel Steak. <laughs> I've heard that before somewhere. I forget where, but uh, <laughs> I, I some guy said that once. He he, he absolutely is. Well, uh, 
we uh, probably should get into the first por- portion of our handicapping here. Of course, a uh, huge day down at Gulfstream Park. Uh, there's going to be uh, six uh, stakes races there. And, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, Ed, and my cough button didn't work. Um, We'll, we'll start out with the uh, with the distaff. It's going to be race seven, and uh, I'm still shocked to see. But again, these are restricted to Florida breads, but I'd love to see some bigger fields with more opportunity. But all I can say is that my pal Christie, successful song, speakeasy gal, are all mares that know how to find their way to the winner's circle. Each one of them has eight or seven wins in their career. And some pretty good money, the least of them 385000 But none of them have won that money at a mile and an eighth. That provides you with a kind of an interesting handicapping angle. I'm interested to see how you approached it. That was my top, uh, top bullet point one was the mile and an eighth. I'm going to go all successful songs, seven to five. Joel Rosario and the Irons for Eddie Plesa, who a credible Florida trainer. This mayor's two for two in the money. One a mile and an eighth, but as you alluded to, there there are no big scorchers to the winner's circle going a mile and an eighth. Uh, second off the shelf, uh, she loves Hallandale, three for seven in the money. Looks to be able to just be off of the speed of Speakeasy, who you talked about, Tail of the Peace, and Mud Honey, who was claimed for seventeen five. But for me, uh, Joel Rosario, I believe, had a had his twenty eighth birthday. And he's winning 21% at the meet. I think this is a late birthday present. I think successful song at seven to five is a gift. Well, I, I really like that horse too. Speakeasy Gal, I think, is going to be setting the pace up. Uh, I don't see that horse getting the distance. Uh, my pal Christie, I think, might uh, be a better, uh, maybe second spot. But uh, once again, Ed and I, you and I, handicap a lot alike. Also, you know, I'm a fan of the buyer figures, and Successful Song certainly has a successful edge coming into this race with a 96 buyer. Well, let's go to the boys' race now uh, at Gulfstream. It's the 10th race, so this is the richest race of all, and quite frankly, I think there's only two horses to talk about in here, and it's a rematch of the 2012 Florida Sunshine Millions Classic between Mucho Macho Man and Ron the Greek. Just like a steak on a grill, it's time to flip it over. Last year, the Greek ran second, and Mucho Macho Man uh, dealt the winning side. This year, I think the Greek turns the tables at 8-5. to five. Jose Lowe's counter for Billy Mott, who's on fire 27% this meet. Awkward start, to say the least, in the Breeders' Cup Classic at Santa Anita. Yes. Vacationing at Paul Meadows. I love the Greek at 8-5, to five, John. Yeah, he's he's never been uh, that far back, so I really think you've got to put a line uh, through that race. But uh, what I don't get about Mucho Macho Man, I, I may have to call Kathy Ritvo about this, is why do you take a horse that's made $2.3 million and throw blinkers on him, though maybe I see a reason why at the bottom of the PPs? Good point. It's a little late in the game for me to be uh, – I've been super impressed with Mucho, and uh, I, I've been a big fan. Uh, and I have – I seldomly go to the uh, throw-it-off-the-wall uh, bandwagon here, but I was watching something on Jimmy the Greek this morning on ESPN. Ron the Greek, maybe that's his uh, long-lost cousin. But to me, John, I, I think I owe some sentimental money his way. Eight to five, cutting back from a mile and a quarter to a mile and an eighth, paired up with some really nice morning uh, morning works. I, I think that catches my more so is going to catch part of my wallet. All right, we might have to, you know, bet a little beer on this because, you know, one of my favorite angles is when there's an equipment change, I go to the bottom of the PPs, and all of a sudden I see 
a bullet work, January 5th, best of 35, 58 and 3 on Mucho Macho Man. So I think that work was done with the blinkers on, and we're going to find out if Kathy Ritvo knows what she's doing. So uh, what do you say? You and me, we good for a beer? You take Ron the Greek, I'll take Mucho Macho Man? We're good. We'll bet a six-pack uh, top hat on that, John. Sounds fine with me. <laughs> Not a problem at all. All right. Well, uh, Dee's banging on the window over there, giving me the uh, next slice thing, saying you guys need to go to break. So we're going to take a little bit of break here on Winning Ponies. and we come back, we're going to go to Santa Anita and the fairgrounds. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Football and so much more is the focus of Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson. Join the former Arizona Cardinals running back for a show that mixes, well, a little bit of everything. Damian brings to the program life experiences playing football and will talk about his variety of successes both on and off the field. The goal is to provide you with a fun perspective on life, family, success, and of course, football. Tune in to Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson, Fridays at noon Pacific time. 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Englehart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Englehart. All right, and with me, handicapper and blogger for Winning Ponies, Ed Meyer and Ed. Uh, last week we we played a derby race, but it didn't didn't mean anything. It didn't didn't have any points in the point system. And uh, this week it looks like we're going to have a uh, a three roll race that's actually going to count for something in the Lecompte Grade Three, two hundred thousand, a mile and seventy yards. Some of these horses just starting to stretch out. And I think that that's the big question mark in here. The other question mark is, you know, Fairgrounds has kind of a unique surface. You always told me that, uh, that there's four horses in this field that have won at the Fairgrounds and two of them around two turns. This, I've got, you should see my racing form. I mean, it, it looks like a, a five-year-old went crazy with a pack of crayons on it. I, I've, got, I've got something to say about every horse in this race. It's, it, I've got a feeling there's going to be a, you're going to get an exotic price in here that's going to be through the roof. 
you know, this is where Winning Ponies actually does pretty good with their uh, their easy win forms and finding those nuggets of gold to finish out the tries and exactas that I might miss or you might miss. So uh, I would always say dig into your easy wins, and, and this is where you find that 40-to-one shot to complete the try. But, John, you, you touched on a good point. We're going to go a mile and 70 in Lacombe Stakes here. It's a grade three event, race 10 on the card at Fairgrounds. Supposed to be nice, 61 degrees and cloudy. And I'm going to go right to the rail with Malibu High at 5-1, to one. Miguel Mena for Cecil Burrell. I believe Calvin would have had this mail for sure, but yeah. he's on the men with a broken wrist. Yeah, absolutely. But, boy, you're not taking a step down with Miguel Mena. He's riding pretty good right now. Oh, excellent judge of pace. This is a very nice colt by Malibu Moon. I, I saw him break his maiden at Churchill Downs, flying from the clouds, going four and a half furlongs, and babies usually don't pull that silky Sullivan type from way out of it, uh, yeah. 90 out of it, and just come flying. They're going two turns, and I think this might be his high watermark in distance. It, I'm guessing, I am hope that I'm wrong, two for two in 2012, and uh, has been working regular at Churchill over that deep cuppy oval this time of year. Nice blowout at Louisiana Downs going seven panels. I'm looking for him to be about third. And uh, it's going to be a rider's race. Avi's qualities in her. Very nice runner. Circle unbroken. Golden soul. But I'm going to take uh, Malibu High at 5-1 to one and love every second of it with Fear the Kitten, Maker, and British Mahan. And rounding out my exacta will be the six. Avi's quality going poly dirt with our girl, Red Hot Rosie Napravnik in the irons. Well, there's got to be a great storyline here with Fear the Kitten. The fact that this horse was claimed from Ken and Sarah Ramsey, the breeders, for 40000 and now all of a sudden the owner, uh, Frank Irvin, gives the horse to Mike Maker. I mean, <laughs> how does Mike Maker explain to the Ramseys, I got a hot three-year-old you bred, but you don't own it. Uh, he's, he's living in the light. Uh, Mike's, Mike's an excellent horseman, John, and, and I think anybody that comes through his barn moves up about two notches. Yeah, well, Catalano was training it when it got uh, claimed, so it wasn't like it was taken from Maker and given back to him. That never looks good. Well, the, the mystery horse for me in here is Circle Unbroken, and obviously the mystery is, is distance and the fact that it's coming off a layoff. But this horse showed a lot of exciting quality uh, as a two-year-old. And what I like is how Gary Sims has this horse wound up at the fairgrounds. Uh, they just had 74 horses work going five furlongs, and this colt was the fastest just a few days ago. Um, what, I, what I like, Ed, and I've been reading up about this, is, is horses. Now, what, 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 the main thing I want to say is he worked out of the gate. So he was the fastest of 74 out of the gate. And what they say is when you're bringing a horse back after a layoff, <clears throat> that you want to see a gate work because it, A, simulates a racing situation better, and B, forces a horse to use muscles it's going to have to use that it hasn't used in a long time. Interesting angle? I love the gate works. I, I think you're focused. When you see a trainer, in my opinion, from a from my $2 opinion or my whatever I'm wagering opinion, when they're working from the gate, they're thinking about the winner's circle, and they're they're tightening, tightening down all the screws and making sure everything is in place and ready to go. John, correct me if I'm wrong, you did a, a stint in Louisiana at Fairgrounds many moons ago. Now, about this time of the year, is this a status quo or is this something different when you see this many runners, quality runners, actually working out and, and making their way down there? 
Um, obviously, uh, with the influx again of uh, casino money, you're, you're seeing bigger horses, bigger outfits. And, uh, you know, when you've got 74 horses working at one specific distance, what's that tell you? You know, wow. there's some guys down there, and they're serious about winning the money. The, the other horse I, I like in, in here, Ed, is uh, Golden Soul. Brian Hernandez ha- has the mount. This horse won like a good thing over the fairground strip, going a mile and a 16th, earned a solid 79 buyer. Uh, uh, coming out of Dallas' Stewart Barn, and I read an article today where Dallas was saying, hey, this horse is uh, just just starting to, to mature. And I'm just starting to see that our producer, D is telling me i got two minutes to close, so I better shut up and get on to the Palos Verdes, grade two. We're talking with Ed Meyer, handicapper and a blogger at Winning Ponies. Uh, interesting race. Three come to the top. To me, it's a short field, but there's still some angles. Seven go post for John. They're going to go six panels, six furlongs to me and you in the Palos Verdes. I'm going to go with the two drill, Martin Garcia, Bob Baffert. Baffert's got two bullets in here, and this is one of them. Cutting back seven panels to six furlongs. I love that. Second off a layoff. Love that. Love the cutback. I think they're either targeting this heat or looking for the next. I'm going to go with looking for this one because all slow in the gray one. Malibu, been working like a showman in the morning in the Sun Lawyer Ron. I think it's going to come motoring late. I love the Garcia, Baffer bandwagon. Count me on, reserve me a seat. Okay, yeah, I really think that they picked an awful tough spot. Drill had been off since May. Uh, they bring it in and bring it back at a grade one. Uh, was off a bit slow. I got a feeling Garcia said, hey, well, let's just see what we got here, and we're coming back. They may well be pointing for this. I'm going to go with the Rodney Dangerfield of this field. And that, that's private zone. This horse, he don't get no respect. Look at it. Look at his odds. Ever since he came up uh, from Panama, this horse has reeled off not one, not two, but three 100-plus buyer figures. Now, albeit it ran second in all three of those races, but today could be this horse's day. Chased an awful fast pace last time at seven furlongs. Six furlongs might be a better fit. I kind of like your angle. I'm using you right underneath the old drill, John. And obviously, you can't use comment of the. You can't leave comment of the top out there either. Those two kind of mirror each other. I think that'll be uh, the horse. Uh, th- those two may be cooking it up, but they may be cooking it up and setting it up for drill. I hope so. If so, I'll be buying dinner, and we'll move up from uh, top hat right on to Miller Lite. <laughs> yeah, you might be buying buying dinner, but I might be buying you your six pack for that other side bet we got going with Mucho Macho Man and Ron the Greek in the Florida Sunshine Millions. Well, as always, Steady Eddie, it's been uh, way too good to have you on the show. Great to hear your voice. Enjoy reading your writing, and uh, I wish you all the luck at the races. I look forward to seeing you soon. John, thanks so much. Best of luck, everyone. And I can't tell you where the direct quote came from, but it came from your mouth. We're not here for a long time, so we might as well have a good time, John. Take care. (laughs) And it's always a good time when Ed Meyer is on the show. Again, I want to thank uh, Kim Williams uh, from Fairwinds Farm and wish him all the luck in the world with uh, his new stallion, the Cliff's Edge, and uh, the revitalization of the program in Ohio. Don't forget, get those easy figs from Winning Ponies. It's going to have a big weekend. we got some good racing. Hopefully, Ed and I put you on the right direction. Remember, when you go to the races, bet with your head, not over it. For Winning Ponies, I'm John Engelhardt.
Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network.